0: Uncover and Elevate is the next evolution of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and after coaching hundreds of clients, I am unapologetically clear on this. People pleasing is a symptom with a deeper cause. Being in a toxic relationship or career and feeling trapped has a deeper cause. Avoiding difficult conversations has a deeper cause self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, confusion, feeling insecure, all have a deeper cause. In Uncover and Elevate, we are going to look under the hood every week to uncover what the deeper causes are that shape our lives, including the ones that make breaking a pattern, even one we want to break so hard. Then we will elevate our lives with tools designed to transform those deeper causes and deal with the symptoms. Join me each week as we uncover and elevate our lives. And now, here's this week's episode of Uncover and Elevate. In this episode, we're going to talk about patterns, or you could think of it as a habit. doesn't matter. I use the words interchangeably a lot. So I have a lot of clients who come to me knowing what pattern it is that they want to change or replace or something because they know that pattern isn't serving them anymore. It could be a pattern they're repeating in relationships, in career choices or employment situations, or you know, as an entrepreneur, it could be a pattern that you have with your mom or your dad. It could be a pattern you have with your adult children or, you know, not, they don't even have to be adults. I have um, one client who started working with me because she knew she had patterns of her own, like of self-judgment and limitation, like, you know, just um, not speaking her truth, not standing up for herself. And she didn't want to pass those patterns to her children. I've had several people that come to me and their main motivator is they realize they have these things that are not serving them. And that as a parent, uh, because I've had a couple dads come work with me for this reason too, they know that they're gonna pass that on to their kids and they don't wanna do that. So whatever it is, think of it as just, it's something that causes you stress. Our habits and patterns are things that we do over and over again that are stressful. If they're if they're uh, bringing you joy, don't bother to change them, okay? Keep all those habits and patterns that bring you joy, okay? But the ones that cause you stress or create like a cycle, a downward spiral of self-criticism or judgment, any of those kinds of things, they get you into relationships where you don't get your needs met. Uh, they keep you from speaking your truth. They keep you over-functioning. They keep you overdoing, overgiving for others, uh, undervaluing yourself professionally. And so therefore, how much money you can make, you know, and all these kinds of things. These can be patterns that we are repeating uh, because of a system that got set up in us usually when we were very young, maybe not until teenagers or young adults, but most of our patterns, you know, it's the old expression, everything I learned uh, that was important. I learned by the time I was in kindergarten, uh, that's good stuff and harmful stuff. So most of the things we learn, the way, the way we learn to cope in the world, to process the world, to engage in the world, we learn when we're really little kids, from our family, from our culture. And those things often are very limited and don't really serve us. You know, they. I had a lot of gender inequality and bias in my family. So I just grew up thinking that as a woman, you know, my job was really to get married and have a family and take care of that family. And it was always presented as a very noble, you know, thing to do. So not necessarily looked down on, but at the same time, clearly not as important as my husband, you know, and his job he would have to support our family and things like that. So I grew up with this habit, this pattern of thinking of myself as less than for sure any man in the room. And, you know, a pattern like that doesn't get limited to just one, one qualifier, you know, you end up feeling less than in pretty much every situation. Um, Not every situation. I have, I had some things where I allowed myself sort of the self-validation of knowing I was really good at those things or, um, you know, that I was an asset in that way. I mean, even if I wasn't using Thinking about it with that word in mind, (laughs) Um, you know, I had a few things in my life that were that way, but mostly and particularly as it came to men. And then when I entered the workplace, because I really never thought I would work, I thought I would be a stay home mom because that's what, you know, women are supposed to do. And so then when I entered the workplace, I kind of brought a piece of that pattern, which allowed me to keep undervaluing what I was giving to my employer and being willing to work for less than really what I was worth and should have been paid and things like that. So there's a pattern that started when I was little, way before I could understand it or articulate it, way before I could rebel against it. That said, Hey, women are not as good as men. They have less value. They're less important. And I just kind of absorbed that and then recreated that pattern, you know, naturally for myself and played that out in my life for many years until I was in my mid 30s or so. And I mean, it's still because it's so culturally supported uh, and because of patriarchy, you know, women are still not in an equal footing with men in almost every arena, whether it's pay or you know any of those kinds of things, opportunities, the list goes on and on. But at least I'm not doing it in my own mind anymore. Now I'm just fighting the cultural aspects of it because I'm not devaluing myself. So that was a pattern I had to recognize was a pattern that was not serving me For me, it's helpful to know, this is maybe just my personality and the way I process things. It's a little helpful to know how that got started in the first place. You know, I'm not a therapist, so I don't work with clients the way a therapist would work with you. But I do like to... Go back and kind of remember, like, when was the first time I felt that way? When was the first time I remember that happening? Because kind of finding that what feels like the origin story can be very helpful just in the way that our mind wants to process things and make it almost more linear. You know, our growth and who we are as a human being is not linear at all. But if we can kind of understand, oh, this was an influence on me. So I understand how I started thinking this way and thinking that way led me to taking this job where I'm not making nearly as much as I'm worth and nearly as much as I'm giving in you know, to my employer through this job. Oh, okay. So knowing that part, kind of that beginning part of the process, I don't need to spend at this point in my life, I don't need to spend a lot of time on how that got started and understanding that and all the, you know, millions of details there can be in that. For me, it's enough to just kind of know, oh, I get it. That got started because the churches that I went to, my family, the culture at large, gave me all sorts of messages saying women were not as good as men. Boys are better than girls, you know. So, okay, now that kind of makes sense. That helps me change it to a degree. We don't really need to know how it got started to release it and create a new habit. But much in the same way that if you're trying to create a new habit, say, with your physical body, maybe in your diet and nutrition or how much movement you're getting or anything like that, you've hurt yourself and you need to do pt you know and exercises to regain the strength back in that part of your body like whatever it is for whatever reason we all know how hard it is to start something like that and be consistent right like we might be really good with it for a couple of days or maybe a week or whatever but then you know within a few weeks a month or so we've dropped off because it's very hard to start a habit and so one of the things that, you know, we need to think about realistically for ourselves is like to not, like I I try to, you know, strike a balance here when people are starting to work with me that, you know, I don't want you to think you're going to have to stay in coaching for the rest of your life. That's not true. But something that you've spent years creating, you can't necessarily undo even in a 90 day package in a 90 day package. I, my most popular package is nine sessions, 90 days. That's almost what I do exclusively. Um, Occasionally I think of changing that to six months for the, and more like 12 sessions or 15 sessions more, which is, you know, for the very reasons I'm about to explain um, because it's probably a little more realistic of a time that it's going to take to actually break those habits. And I have people that work with me for, you know, sometimes a couple of years, because we can't break a habit we've been doing for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 years, you know, whatever, 60 years, whatever, um, in a few one hour sessions, like it's just it doesn't work that way. Nothing else works that way. Neither does our mental health, you know? So yes, we can have big breakthroughs and yes, lots of changes happening along the way. You know, I like to say for my work, I feel like a a client gets something valuable out of every session, but it doesn't mean they broke a habit they've been doing for 20 years in one session right? So it takes time. And we need to give ourselves like the grace and the love to do that. Because if you had a best friend, or a pet you're training, or a child, you know, that you're trying to teach to do something new, you don't expect them to get that on the first try. You know, there's going to be a cycle of doing it, doing it, kind of falling off, getting back, doing it, doing it, you know, until there's enough doing it, that it creates this new subconscious pattern, this new subconscious habit. So sure, after you do it enough, you do stop, you know, undervaluing yourself or seeing yourself as less than or over functioning, or or even the more internal habits that, like are not, you you don't associate with another person. Like a great example would be the one I started really working diligently to break this fall is my own self-judgment. Like it just was, it became literally painful for painfully obvious to me that I was hurting myself emotionally, spiritually and literally physically with my self-judgment now I come from a long line of self-judgers so I come by it honestly but I don't want to keep doing it you know and that's the thing we can look at our family and just feel like that's normal or we can believe a message and this happens a lot in various religious cultures where there's a message of like well if you're not being self-critical self-judgmental then You're going to run amok somehow. Like they don't use those words exactly, right? Especially not amok. But so there's no, probably not a sermon on unless you start, stop judging yourself, unless you judge yourself. Sorry, let me say this right, because it's wrong. The statement is going to be wrong, which is why I got turned around there. Anyway, the bad belief is if you're not hard on yourself, you're not going to turn out to be a good person you're going to somehow you know whatever go rob banks and never pay your bills and lay on the couch all day i don't know you know that somehow this self judgment is actually keeping us safe in some way keeping us you know on the straight and narrow it's sort of the same idea as scarcity like in truth most of us and culturally at large it is very common to get the message even though it won't come out in these words That having fear about money, believing in scarcity, believing you could run out is what keeps you financially safe. It keeps you from overspending. It keeps you from not paying your bills and not caring or whatever. And I would say that most of us would never behave that way anyway. If we suddenly had all the money, and not just the money, but an actual wealth mindset, which people with a really solid wealth mindset it's not just about being wealthy. It's that they're not afraid of money, right? There are some people who are very wealthy and still living in tons of scarcity and tons of fear. In fact, now they're even more afraid they're going to run out or lose it, or somebody's going to take it or whatever, because they have more, they have a lot. and Now they're more afraid of losing a lot. People with a true wealth mindset know that even if they lost it all tomorrow, they would just figure out how to make it back. That's that's sort of the hallmark of a wealth mindset is not, I can't live without money. Or if I didn't have money, you know, I don't know what I would do. In fact, people with a wealth mindset are not intimidated by the idea of not having money because they just know they'll go create it one way or the other. And so that kind of a habit, if you've been taught in essence, again, nobody used these words, but if you were taught in essence that being fearful about money is what will keep you safe with money, that is a big pattern and habit to change from that into a sort of neutral spot to actually moving into a wealth mindset, an abundance mindset. And when I say mindset, I mean your thoughts and your feelings because thoughts and feelings go together um, or they're always happening with each other. And what happens at the beginning of a habit changing journey is that for instance, we'll use the abundance example. If I realize I'm really living out of a place of scarcity and fear of money, fear I'm going to run out, feeling like I'm going to always have to struggle with this, having the thoughts internally that I'm not good with money, all that kind of stuff, but that those things are going to actually keep me safe financially, that that's going to keep me on top of my bills, on top of my budget, making money, you know, whatever it is that's a big change to start to neutralize that and actually move towards the wealth mindset. Because what will happen is even as you are in the process consciously of changing it, maybe you're doing some mantras like, you know, I have a wealth mindset. Wealth is my true nature. Um, Abundance always flows to me, things like that they're at the beginning of this process and probably all of you have worked with something and have experienced this. You know, as soon as you say the mantra, there's another part inside of you that's like, bullshit, (laughs) not true, not true. And so it takes a lot of reprogramming and that's exactly what it is from a neuroscience standpoint. We are reprogramming these neural pathways in our mind and it takes a while um, to get it to where when you're in a wealth mindset, your thoughts and your feelings are congruent. So I, at the, at one point in the journey, when I'm, when I'm at the beginning of the journey, I don't believe, you know, I, I don't have thoughts about a wealth mindset and I don't have feelings that would align with a wealth mindset. Um, My thoughts and my feelings are ones that come out of scarcity. Then you get to the point where, okay, your thoughts are getting better there's you're thinking with more possibility less limitations more abundance but you're not feeling it because there's still too much of you that's over in that old mindset and then as you keep going with it you get that and you're really in what i'm calling you know the sort of wealth mindset then the your feelings are in alignment with those thoughts so when i have the thought i'm always magnetizing abundance. No matter what problem there is, there's a solution and I can find it. You know, thoughts like that, then I'm going to have feelings that match that. Oh, excuse me, everybody. I just sneezed in the middle of the podcast. Huh. Well, there you go. It's live and real. Um. So it is when we know we've got it, so to speak. We know we've really um, Mastered it when whatever the it is, when our thoughts and our feelings are congruent. So same thing for like body image. I've coached some people on body image challenges. And you know, it starts by, you know, they usually when they start coaching, they feel terrible about their body, think they look awful, whatever. And I don't mean by this that I'm coaching weight loss. That is not what I do at all. Um I coach self-love and acceptance, because if you actually wanted to lose weight, the best place to do that from is self-love and acceptance and not criticism, which is another bullshit thing we've been taught our whole lives, is that the best way to change is to be hard on yourself. And that is not true. That's a great way to make a short-term, short-lived change. I want to lose 10 pounds for a wedding, whatever. Uh, I can knuckle down and be super disciplined and use all my willpower and lose that weight and for the 10 pounds for the wedding and go to the wedding. And then I'm just going to put that 10 pounds on and probably an extra five because I didn't do it out of self-love. I did it out of an internal criticism or because somebody else told me whatever. I look fat. My butt looked big in those jeans, like whatever it is that triggers you into feeling that um, that could come from somebody outside of you for sure people say terrible things about other people's bodies so it could have come from someone outside but then you internalized it otherwise it wouldn't have stuck and so in that trajectory of going from body hate to body love that's a big trajectory and so You know, there's that beginning of saying those mantras and, you know, about your body and I love my body and do the look in the mirror thing and just keep sending love to your body, you know, different things, tools we can try until we finally get to the point where you really experience the congruence, the alignment of, oh, I am saying positive things about my body and I am feeling positive things about my body now. I've changed that pattern. Now I've thought enough of the thoughts about what a gift my body is, how beautiful it is at the exact size it is with all the scars or stretch marks or whatever it is you have that you don't like on your body um, with all of that. My body is a miracle. It's magnificent. It serves me. It carries me through my day. It works. It does all these things, pumping blood and breathing and all these things that I never even have to think about, you know, and when I can say that and actually feel how fantastic that is and how much I love my body, then I've, I've done it. I've broken that habit, but it's a whole journey from the beginning to the end. And there are certainly times when people come in to coaching and they don't really even know what the pattern is. So sometimes we really know it's super obvious, something that's happened over and over. We keep um, getting fired. We keep choosing men or women romantically who are bad for us, who, you know, where we don't get our needs met. Maybe they're emotionally abusive, whatever. Like sometimes we know what the pattern is. We know it's self-criticism. We know, you know, so some people will come into coaching, they already know what the pattern is. And then we just have to work through all of these different ways that we can do. Cause everybody, what works for you may not work for somebody else. What has worked for somebody else may not work for you. That's why I hate formulas. That was last week's podcast episode, because formulas don't work for everyone. And that's always the way they're sort of packaged and marketed. And so then when we try this person's formula, their three-step process to love your body or whatever, and we don't love our bodies, then we just, that is more evidence for why it doesn't work or why I'm not supposed to love my body, or I'm the one person who really should hate their body or you know whatever it is, because then the mind will use that against us. So some people come in knowing that pattern other people do not and we need to find it and that's fine I love that part because it's always it's a super intuitive process and um it's always you know rich with whatever comes out and we have these big ahas in the middle of a session that are like that's it you know eureka we figured it out here's the pattern okay Now we can move to what do we do to start reprogramming this pattern? What tool is going to work for you? Um, What, you know, what things can we do that are very practical in your own life to start to change them? Because I promise you, awareness is not enough. I mean, I love the idea that once we're aware of something, it changes, but generally, awareness alone does not change something because it is a habit that has been going on for so long. You're going to just keep doing it because it's a habit. The same way you brush your teeth every day, even if some the surgeon general came on today and announced that brushing your teeth was not good for you. And you were like, damn, I got to stop brushing my teeth. How many days would you go grab that toothbrush and then be like, oh, wait, yeah, right. I'm not going to do this anymore because you've been doing it for so long. Even if you wanted to do it differently, you would keep doing it the same. That's the way the mind and the body work. And sometimes that's awesome because it's great not to have to think about what I need to do with that toothbrush every day. It's great to learn things in a way that now we can just do them without thinking about it. All again, all the ways that you get joy from those things, keep doing those. But these stressful ones work the same way, they're just more painful. So we've got to stay with the process long enough to get to the other side. And that is what I'm here for all day long. (laughs) So it's why I love my work because I love watching a client go through that trajectory, go through that scope of getting from the pattern to kind of neutralizing it to actually getting to a new habit that's serving them. And that is available to you. Everybody can do it. All you need is that willingness, that desire to actually change it. Because of course, I do not change anyone's habit. I am not that magical. I am really good, but I am not that magical. So the client always does the work, you will do the work and trust me, it will be work. (laughs) But the rewards are amazing. The rewards are that elevation. This is why I, you know, changed the podcast, I don't know, several months ago now, to uncover and elevate. Because these are the things we're uncovering so that we can elevate our lives. And when we uncover a harmful pattern in one part of our life, There's always other areas of our life that by releasing the pattern and starting a new one that serves us, this other area of our life or many areas of our lives benefit from that as well, beyond just the one that we know it's tripping us up on, like if it's messing with your romantic relationships, Um, getting free from that and changing that pattern will help in so many other ways almost always romance and career are connected and we tend to you know of course we do it in a little bit different ways but the basic patterns in how we show up in in romantic relationships and how we show up for work are often very similar Uh, and if it's not that it's something else where we will realize oh you know i'm doing that over here too yeah it looks a little bit different But it's coming from the same idea that, like my one I was talking about, that women are not as good as men. Darn it! You know, so I'll see it. I'll be like, "Drats!" So I saw how that was working. I probably didn't say "drats." I probably used another word that started with "f." But anyway, (laughs) I saw how that impacted me in my romantic relationships and changed that. Now I'm starting to see how it's impacting me somewhere else, with a friend, with my mother, with, you know, whatever, um, my career, whatever it might be, some other area of my life, my relationship to money, they're all intertwined. We're not compartmentalized beings. So um, I would love to hear your feedback on this. I would love to hear what your pattern is that you know you want to stop, or maybe you don't know, you just figure after listening to this, you must have one and you're not sure what it is. So hop down into the show notes and email me or go into um, Instagram, Brenda Florida Coach and DM me, go to my uh, bio there and you'll get links to book a 15 minute call. There's a link to book a 15 minute call in the show notes. I just know but you know, for a lot of people, it's just easier to go to Instagram and get me there. Follow me, DM me, go to my link in my bio than it is to, you know, forge through the forage through the podcast stuff into the podcast show notes. Um, so, but whatever it's all there. they're all it's all the same in both places. So just do whatever is easier for you and reach out. and let me know what that pattern is or if you're not sure what the pattern is, or book that fifteen minute call and we'll explore working together. Grab a free worksheet and work through that and see how that helps. Whatever benefits you, whatever elevates you in your journey, that's what I'm here for. So I will see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Uncover and Elevate. Check out the show notes for tons of great information and resources. Like if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, so we can uncover and elevate an issue in your life, just complete the form in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram at Brenda Florida coach. You can work with me one-on-one or get additional information about one of my group or private retreats by completing the form in the show notes. And I would love it if you would share this episode on social and tag me. I'd also love for you to post a five-star review, wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a big difference and will help others find the show. And I'll be incredibly grateful. This is Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I'll see you in the next episode of Uncover and Elevate.